Welcome to Being Professional English Podcasts, podcast number 69. If they fail, then you fail. Let's get started, shall we? Hi and welcome. Nice to have you back again. Today we're going to talk about if they fail, then you fail. Who are they? They are new employees, people that you hire. And I want to talk today about a change in what seems to be quite a common mindset by people who hire others, which I think is particularly important. I've got three points to make today. The first one is to describe a common story, a common story that we all uh, have seen and that I've seen very recently and I want to go through that just to put us in context of what I'm talking about. Then I'm going to reiterate the logical part to my argument today which is based upon the fact that we all know that finding the right person to hire is very tough. And lastly, I'm going to talk about taking responsibility. What does that mean and how can we actually do it? Because as you know, I like to try where I can to give you concrete advice, particularly advice to people who are using English as a second language. So let's begin. A common story. What I want to say more than anything else as you listen to this podcast is that the entire podcast is not about me trying to make you a gentle soul. I am not trying to make you a nice person at work, particularly if you're a manager. I mean, this podcast today is particularly aimed at managers or people that have some sort of influence within the workplace rather than if you are a employee. But of course, one day as the employee, you're going to be a manager, which is why you should be listening to this. But one thing is very, very clear is that it is not about being nice. All that I'm going to say today is a clear, logical and practical situation, which I want to address. A common story. A new person is hired long process to do it, loads and loads of curriculums. Eventually everyone agrees on hiring one particular person. person comes in, everyone's excited and upbeat. Even the person who's starting is quite upbeat and excited about starting a new adventure. They begin to work. They begin to do what they're supposed to do. However, after a short while, three months, six months maybe, they begin to underperform. They don't do what is really expected of them. Then they either leave the company because they get rather depressed or downhearted or sick and tired of the, the attitude of other people. Or, of course, they're fired. Fired means they're sacked. And then a little while later, when you're talking to the boss about this person, the boss says that the, this ex-employee was a complete arse. That's A-R-S-E, not ass. 
as some Americans say, because ass in English, British English, means donkey. But it could be the same thing as an ass, which means someone who doesn't, you know, a waste of time. Now, that's a common story, okay, that I've seen quite recently, and I know it happens a lot. And that's the situation well, that I want to address in particular today. Anyone who has tried to hire someone, anyone who has gone through the interview process as the interviewer, knows perfectly well how difficult it is. I've done two or three podcasts on this subject. I could probably do 10 or 20, and there are lots of other podcasts around as well about exactly how it's best to go through the interviewing process. But no matter how well prepared you are, no matter how you try to scientifically and logically improve your performance with hiring, at the end of the day, if you end up with a 50% success rate, you're doing very well. Because it is the most difficult thing you do. It's also one of the most costly things you do. The time dedicated to going through the interviewing process and hence the money money involved because you're being paid for your time you're, you're working on and therefore the energy is not going towards the final strategy. Now, of course, you might need this person to help you get to that strategy but even so, it is a lot of energy, work and time that goes into the interviewing process. And despite all that energy and time, you still only have roughly, if you're lucky, a 50% success rate. Now, what makes up that 50% success rate? Well, majority of the time, the ones that fail I'm talking about here, the ones that fail... Often it's a, it's a general mistake. You know, you you thought the person was very good, but they joined, and they just don't have the competence that you thought they 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 had. This particularly is true if you are um, looking to hire salespeople, because the salesperson is obviously very good at selling themselves, just like they'd be very good at selling anything else. They also tend to be quite um, vivacious, these type of, uh, of people, these characters involved in that, because they have to accept being turned down a lot. So they're quite thick-skinned, and therefore it can be a little bit tricky hiring a good salesperson. Of course, good salesperson is a bit subjective as a point, and we hate to talk about subjective items in being professional English because you just go off at a tangent. However, a lot of the failures you make when you hire someone is down to just a general... You just, you just made a mistake. Of course, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, if, you, if you've done that, if that's happened, it's worthwhile investing a bit of time to try to see during the interview process where this person which turned out to be a mistaken hire demonstrated the characteristics which eventually meant that they were no good and that is one of the reasons why the hiring process needs to be documented 
I know it's a bureaucratic pain in the ass. Yeah, I know it takes up time, but when it, things don't work, it allows you to go back and see the questions you asked, the sort of responses they gave, and try to help you become better at interviewing. But a large part of the people who don't actually become successful is not due to a general mistake not being the right person, but is due to a lack of coaching, a lack of help when they arrive. And the person could be excellent at what they do, but they're not giving, given, sorry, they're not given enough assistance. And we'll talk about in a minute what that assistance is. What we are not talking about, however, is the often human resource inboarding or onboarding, sorry, that they say. With larger companies, often the human resources department will have a booklet talk which goes through what employees can expect of the company. Um, where the coffee machine is, where the toilet is, uh, how to complain in uh, in an official mode from sexual harassment or legal issues. I'm not talk. All those things are important, by the way. Particularly knowing where the coffee machine is. Actually, the toilet as well is pretty important. But anyway, they they are important. But that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about a lack of coaching or assistance for these people. And of course, remember, for the majority of companies, which are small and medium, they don't even have a, a, a HR onboarding process. What I'm talking about here is, and let me give you an example. You've gone through the interviewing process, you've chosen someone, you've given them an offer, they've accepted it, they joined. First day. The day is, um, let's not make it a Monday, but if it's a Tuesday, they start on a Tuesday morning. What is the very first thing a new employee does when they join the company? What, as their new manager, ought you to have arranged for them to do on the first hour of the first day of their new job? That's a question. Now, some of you might say that to organize to meet HR, or that you've organized for them to meet their colleagues, or you've organized for them to meet the other people in the company who they'll need to talk to. Those aren't the right answers. The right answer is that the first hour of the first day for a new employee must be spent with you, their manager. The first hour, they before you, know, you give them over to HR and they grab them, they need to spend an hour with you. And I did a podcast about what you talk about in that hour. You know, you talk about... Again, the message, the, the visions, the way, the, the ethics, in a sense, of how you go about your business. Which you may have spoken about a little bit during the interview process, but you reiterate it in this first hour. It also sends a very, very good message to the new employee. That on their first day, 
the person they've probably seen quite a few times during the interviewing process is dedicating an hour of their time to that person. It also shows to the other people in your team how important you think hiring the right person is and how much you believe it's worth dedicating time and effort and energy into assisting them to being excellent in the company. And during this first hour, you can talk about you know, some of the milestones they can try and get to in their first 90 days. There's a fantastic book about what to achieve in 90 days, the first 90 days, I think it's called, uh, which explains this in, in great detail. You can talk to them, as I said, about your ethics. You can talk about a series of things, but the, the more than anything else, it's important to organize that. Now, I, I know if you've got a meeting at nine o'clock and this person needs to start at work at nine o'clock, what do you do? Well, you meet them at eight o'clock. You get an early, they get an early. The first meeting, the first hour of the first day of a new employee has to be with their manager, you. You need to dedicate that time. That's the type of level of assistance I'm talking about. But it doesn't end there. Because what we seem to need is a mixture of really everything we've spoken about, about being a manager, you know, part mentor, part coach, in this particular case, part welcoming host to the company. What I did not say is part friend. You're not trying to be this person's friend. You're not also trying to lay down the law. You're trying to set up the structure that they know they can come to you and that you will be there and you are there to help them fit in and then excel in their job place. Because I said, if they fail, you fail. But there's, a, there's the, the other side of that argument. If they succeed, you succeed. And we all know as managers that you know, the leverage you can uh, apply by having a group of 10 people or 20 or 100 or 100,000 if you're running an enormous company, the leverage you've got of their success is much, much more than what you could ever do on your own, despite what a lot of people believe. That's the whole point about being a manager. What to do exactly? Well, it depends a little bit on the type of job. And it, the I can't go through every single type of job here on the podcast and cover it. I mean, the actual details of what you, what you will do to help them going forward does depend. But in the general sense, what you could do is you could assign the development of this person to another, to another person within your group. You can delegate to them this. And go through the delegation properly in that you're not just, you know, oh, that's the first person to walk past your door. Oh, John, come in, please meet Jane. I'd like you to show her the ropes. No. Take John in a few days beforehand. Explain to him that this new person is going to join. Why you're going to ask him to help her uh, and give him some milestones, some little help with that. That's what delegation is about, right? You could also 
do it yourself. You could be the person that helps that. But it depends on how many people in the group, what you're doing, and, and, and so on and so forth. You basically just have to do all the things we've been speaking about for the last three years. But, you know, extreme attention on the coaching aspect of helping that person. And if they're of the right caliber, if they're of the right competence, if they have the right energy, if you've been done your job during the interview process and you are lucky, then it doesn't require an awful lot of assistance to get that person going. I mean, you, you really only have to dedicate, you know, quite a few weeks to it, uh, three or four weeks, and then they, they start to take off. It's the initial period which is really very important where you help them to understand the lines of where they can go to for guidance, that you are there for guidance to help them because their success is your success. So what I've talked about in this podcast more than anything else, it's actually quite a short podcast usually, is a change of mindset on the part of the manager. You are responsible for their failure and their success. You. You cannot hire someone, put them in the job, and then leave them to it. And I mean, even if you're talking about you're the owner or the president of the company and you're hiring a managing director or a, um, a CEO, right the way down to, I don't know, whatever the, 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 the lowest part of the company would be, but... For every single level, you are responsible for the person's failure or success. I mean, everyone has a boss, right? So your boss is responsible for your success or failure. Now that, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, being, I'm trying to give the message here to the bosses, to the managers. That doesn't mean if you're listening to this, you start thinking, oh, my manager is useless because you have responsibility as well for your own failure and your own success. The manager, and this is why managers have to be paid more, is because they're responsible for their success and failures. They're also responsible for other people's successes and failures. And it's a bit of a change of mindset as related to new employees. I know it can be difficult. We all have a lot of... Um, requests upon our time and energy as managers but this is a particularly important part because of all of the energy and time and money spent during the interviewing process that's why i hope you found today's podcast useful i've enjoyed talking to you a little bit different from usual a little bit shorter any questions please send me an email or give me a call if i can if i'm able be very very happy to help you Thanks again. Speak to you all next week. Bye-bye.